So during these next five Sundays here in Lent, we are going to be taking a look on these Sundays of some Old Testament events that point to Jesus. And so as we go through these each week, hopefully you can see how the crimson thread is continuing to weave in and out of every page of the Bible, connecting everything together. So our first one here is from Genesis chapter 22, beginning with verse 1. After these things, God tested, <clears throat> excuse me, tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father... And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram, caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son. I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived there. So, it's the long event, 
But it's a very, very important event in the Old Testament. And there are three sections of this event that I want to focus on here this morning. So three points I want to make with you. So, and the first one is those first three verses where God comes to him and says, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. So Abraham rose early in the morning and went out to do this. Now, if you just stopped after those three verses, you would think God is mean, wouldn't you? A couple of things here to help us understand this event. So Abraham and Sarah could not have kids for the longest time. But God promised them and then blessed them with Isaac, who was their first son. And scripture tells us that they were old when they had Isaac, if you remember that event from Sunday school class. You know, it would have been one thing if God came and asked Abraham to do this if he was in his 30s. But Abraham was a hundred years old when he finally got his son, and now God is asking him to give him back. You know, it seems incomprehensible, doesn't it, that Abraham doesn't question or plead with God. The information we get here from Scripture is that Abraham just did it. Another thing here to help maybe understand this a little bit more is some context. Abraham grew up in the city of Ur. You are. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? But in this city, there was lots of different peoples that worshipped a lot of different gods. And this is where Abraham lived for a long time before God called him. And these other gods required human sacrifice. And I tell you that only because maybe Abraham wasn't that shocked that God was asking him to do this. Because this is something he'd witnessed as he was growing up in the city of Ur. So my first point here, God tested Abraham. Does God test me? Because it says there, God tested Abraham. And the answer to that question is yes. He does test us at times. And you know, testing is a very hard thing to understand, isn't it? Now notice something that was said in the James passage that Denny read a few minutes ago. God does test us but he does not tempt us to sin. God is never going to do that. That's the work of Satan. So what are the tests, the trials, the temptations that you are facing in your life right now? Think about that for a second. You know, every single day, you and I, we face the test 
of whether or not we are going to obey or disobey God's word. Every single day, we are tested with that. Because of the sin in this world, our own sin and the sin that's around us. We're always being tested. But the key to this whole event, and remember this, is faith. Faith is what got Abraham through this whole mountain experience. And it's what will get you through even the toughest of trials and tests, whatever they might be. And another reminder, this faith thing is a gift that's given to us by the Holy Spirit. It's not dependent on our cognitive ability. And aren't you thankful for that? Because I know I am. So that's point one. The second verse I really wanted to hone in on here this morning was in verse eight. As they're going up and Isaac asks a good question, you know, we got the fire, we got the knife. What are we going to sacrifice, dad? And here's what Abraham said. God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So point number two here, God provided for Abraham. Does he provide for me in the midst of trials and tests? You know, when we are going through trials, when we are going through tests, when we are going through suffering, sometimes we want to blame God, don't we? Why, God? Why would you allow this to happen to me. Maybe you've said something similar to God before. Why, God? And something also to keep in mind, every single test and trial and suffering that we go through isn't necessarily from God. It could just be because there's sin in the world. And sometimes we just don't know. But what got, what got Abraham through it was his faith. And that's what will get you through. Romans 8, 28 says this, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Do you believe God's word? You know, because of sin, things happen in our life. But God can and does even work through that. That's what it says here in Romans 8, 28. When suffering, tough stuff, trials happen in our life, for example, anxiety, depression, disease, cancer, autoimmune diseases, death, war, hurricanes, wildfires, car accidents, relationship issues, financial issues, Whatever it is, it can be hard for us at times to understand why God would allow this to happen to us. Right? It can be tough. But scripture tells us again and again, God is so in control, even over all the evil in this world, that he can even use that 
cruddy stuff for his own good. That's how awesome our God is. He flips the script. You know, we are told in the Bible that being tested strengthens our faith. Another passage from Romans up here. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings. Who rejoices in their sufferings? Right? Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Rejoice in our sufferings. Do you believe God's word on that one? When's the last time you rejoiced in your sufferings? Well, I can tell you about something in my life when my third daughter was three. She's 15 now. She was diagnosed with a rare autoimmune disease that we were told three in a million kids get. Woohoo! Rejoice in our sufferings because this disease attacks her skin and her muscles. It's called dermatomyositis. I never knew anything about this before this, but I know a lot now. And we went through this, Zara and I, for years. We went through these questions of why, God? Why would you allow this to happen? We're Christians, after all. We shouldn't have to go through this, God. We were taking our daughter every week to the hospital to get infusions. Wondering why, and the medicine alone cost $20,000 each time. Why, God? Why? Why is this happening? It stunk. She's now 15. And the doctor called my wife on Friday evening to tell her that she is in remission. Praise the Lord. A lot of people have been praying for her over this last 12 and some years. But I tell you that because as we went through this experience, I can look back on it now and see exactly how God was working. There was one procedure she had to go in for. She had to have a port put in. And me and Zar were freaking out because they're going to put our daughter under and, and all this. And Joy says to us, don't worry, Mom and Dad, Jesus is with me. Wow, that was a gut punch. You know, this passage is true. God uses these things in our lives. And these virtues, this character, suffering, endurance, these are not virtues that we achieve on our own. We have the Holy Spirit who teaches us endurance, He develops our character. And he is the one that's giving us hope. You know, even metals are molded when the heat is on, right? Malachi 3, verse 3. It's kind of a random verse I picked out here. But it says, God sits as a refiner 
and purifier of silver. So I looked this up on how silver is made or whatever. And a silversmith will hold the silver over the hottest part of the flame until all of the impurities are gone. But he never stops looking at it and paying attention to it because otherwise it would be destroyed. You know, this is exactly what happens when we are going through trials and tests. God is refining you. But remember, just like that silversmith, he never takes his eyes off you. He doesn't let you take more heat than you can handle. And you know when the silver is done? When the silversmith can see his image in the silver. How cool is that? And that's exactly what God is doing with us. And this is why Paul says we can rejoice when we're suffering. Because our faith is being strengthened. The last thing. Verse 11. We get a glimpse here of somebody. It says, The angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. The angel of the Lord. This angel isn't your run-of-the-mill angel from the Lord. This one is different. This is the angel that stopped Abraham from sacrificing his only son, and then provided the sacrifice for him. Remember, there was a ram that just happened to be caught there nearby, that that's what they used for the sacrifice? Well, in verse 12, this angel identifies himself as God. You see, point three, the angel of the Lord is the Son of God, a.k.a. Jesus Right here in Genesis chapter 22, showing up, and this is the same Jesus who stepped into your place and sacrificed himself for you. You see, this whole event of Abraham and Isaac, it's not about a mean God asking Abraham to do something that's that's horrible. It's not about that. It's all about Jesus. It's pointing us to Jesus. The crimson thread is oozing all over the place in Genesis chapter 22. You see, Isaac, where was the wood when they went up this mountain, by the way, on his back? Isaac was carrying the wood. Jesus would carry his cross to the mountain. And oh, by the way, this mountain that they went up to is the same mountain where the temple would be built later on and the same mountain area where Jesus was crucified. You see, Abraham didn't have to sacrifice his son, his only son. But our father did sacrifice his only son on that mountain for each and every one of us. And so no matter what trial, what suffering, What test God is 
allowing you to go through or putting you through. He is right there refining you. And your faith is becoming stronger. So that when I'm watching my five-year-old daughter learn to put 12 pills in her mouth at once and swallow them all at the same time, by the way, I can only do one at a time. Still, and I have to put it at the back of my throat or I'll gag. We know that God is right there with his eyes on us, no matter what we're going through. Because he will never let you go, and he is always there. In fact, he loves you so much that he sent his son to die in place for you. Amen.